The 360 on Energy and Carbon, hosted by 360 Energy. 360 Energy is a North American leader in energy and carbon reduction. Recently, we have launched the 360 Carbon Excellence Program, designed to make corporate climate change actions more effective and successful. For more information, check the link in our podcast description. Welcome back, Dave and John. Good to be back. Yes, it's wonderful to be back with Sandra. And looking forward, Mr. Pulley is coming to Canada. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to record him one side by side or either side of the tape. I don't know. We'll have to work that out. Yeah, yes. that's going to be good. Well, we'll all be in the same country, which is exciting. Yes, it I is. Think- On today's episode, we are doing a back to basics and we're talking about circular economy. So today we're going to start the episode off by asking, what is circular economy? Okay, I'm going to have a crack at this. But, you know, one of the things that did strike me, and it's only just when I was getting ready for this, is perhaps we should be talking about the 360 economy, not the circular economy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Anyway, what I want to do is it's it's one of these things. There's a lot going on about out there about it. And I think it's important that we we understand what it is. So what I've done, I've got I've got a definition, but I'm I'm going to be completely open. I have taken this from a particular website and it's a website that I would encourage any of our listeners if they want to find out more about the circular economy. I'm not saying this is the only website, but I think it's a particularly good one. And this is this is a, a website with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. And Ellen MacArthur was a, a, a sailor and she, she did a lot of single handed sailing and everything else. And then when she stopped doing that, she was looking for a mission and the circular economy became her mission. And it's it's a it's a really good source. And I thought we would we would start with using her definition or her foundation's definition of the circular economy. And it's the circular economy tackles climate change and other global challenges like biodiversity, loss, waste and pollution by decoupling economic activity from the consumption of finite resources. That's pretty academic in some ways. But it's basically it's a form of resource efficiency whereby we just keep, try to keep reusing the resources. So we've got renewable energy. Well, we want renewable resources. And that, that's that's it in a nutshell. I want to, John, it's interesting enough, we hadn't talked about this prior to this podcast, but I, actually I was looking at the same site. I found it really informative. Yeah. So I, I would encourage your listeners to, to go to that site as well. Now, can I just take it, take it just a little bit further for us? Because this is where it gets fun. When you try to find out more about it, all sorts of people have written on this. There are companies that have written on it, consultancies and everybody else. And they all come up with that there's different numbers. And this is brilliant. You can get different numbers. And here's where we go. So MacArthur's foundation, circular economy is based on three principles driven by design. Eliminate waste and pollution circulate products and materials at their highest value, regenerate nature. So that becomes good. So that's three. That that works nicely for us. Then somebody else comes along and goes, ah, oh, no, wait a minute. There are 10 
points to a circular economy and wait for this they've done the r's and it's recover recycle repurpose remanufacture refurbish repair reuse reduce reduce rethink refuse and actually the refuse is quite an interesting one because this is the idea that you don't consume products or services that are not circular so it becomes a driving force on that and saying that other people are doing things about it, it, it it's quite interesting and we, we, we can we can move on to that but what i did find is that people talk about five pillars a hierarchy everything else like that and and it's one of those where well let's go back to ellen mccarthy where we've been you know we're giving that a bit of a should we say a heads up and a blast here you know eliminate waste and pollution circulate products and materials at their highest value i think that's an interesting subtext to it at their highest value so what's the best next way that you can reuse or redeploy that product and regenerating nature i think it sums it up quite nicely the, the other thing john that i read on the topic again to for our listeners is this isn't something that i'm really terribly close to even though i have come from an agricultural sort of background, but they, they broke it into two segments, They what they call technical and also biological yeah. pieces as well. And the technical is, for example, steel and and how you can, you know, you, you manuf manufacture, but you repurpose it after it's finished. And they were using examples of, of automobile and car engines and replacing car, and like when the motor fails or bring the engine back and then they repurpose some of the material. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then for the, on the biological, they, I was thinking of farming because that goes on all the time in many ways. The, so the, the other thought as, as you're talking and we discuss this, I suspect this whole, you know, circular economy probably was pretty prominent a hundred years ago. You're so right. I'll tell you when else it was, it was a circular economy worked, certainly in the UK. And that was during the Second World War. And it's interesting, I, I'm, I'm really keen on industrial history, sort of take opportunities to see it. And when you discover, because we had rationing, because resources were tight, guess what? We made use of things, we found second uses. It's interesting, there were, an, I mean, this is not quite where it should go, but there were quite a lot of brides during the Second World War who had their wedding dresses made out of discarded parachute silk. Yep. You know, and that, that in a way is a is a bit of circular economy. I think though what we've got to be careful, and um, we always give health warnings, don't we, with, with the things we talk about. Talking about the circular economy, it's a bit like saying net zero, and it's a bit like a number of things like that. It means slightly different things to different people, we don't have a very clearly defined, shall we say, ISO or international standard to say what it is. It's very much a concept, I think, and it's one that can be used by all sorts of people, both by manufacturers, consumers and others to look at, at this ideal thing. But it, it's a nice idea. It, it means you're saying like your engine, you know, can it be reused for something? You know, an aluminium can could be a good example. It becomes a drink container. I'm not don't know whether the drink itself is circular, 
but aluminium is a great material because it's it's basically 100% recyclable. You can, if you capture it, you can recycle it. You can make something new of it. But I suppose the circular economy might go first of all before you recycle the can. Could you do something else with it? Yes. Yes. You know. I, I I'm going to make the prediction based on where I believe we're going on the carbon emissions and requirements going forward. I think that this will be more and more prominent going forward for manufacturers to start looking at this concept because there, there's even talk of where, you know, if you're selling a product that you will actually be responsible for the full life cycle of taking that product back afterwards, right? That, that's, that's exactly it, Dave. I think, excuse me, <clears throat> we we may have talked some time ago about a company called Interface like Flooring. They were a very earlier adopter of sustainability issues. And they do the thing now with corporate flooring. You don't buy the carpet tiles. You have the carpet, if you like, as a service. And when you're finished with it, they collect it back. They reprocess it and supply you with, with, a, with new carpet, different carpet or whatever. And I... I, I I think as well, we, we, when we're talking to our clients and other people, we talk to them about, oh, use the carbon lens to look at your product design, your service design. Actually, the circular economy lens is an even broader one because it, it looks at all the resources. And there is an argument that, you know, if you don't start looking at the circular economy, you're going to lag behind. Agree. As you both have been talking, I've been thinking about my personal experience as a consumer and just yeah. being brought up at my generation. It was it's more so the headset of if you break something, you can just go rebuy it, especially if it's, you know, in the price point. I think that we've promoted kind of using something till you break it and then just throwing it out and buying it again rather than repurposing things, taking good care of it. I would say there's like less value on owning things at times, like people don't take it as good care of it, which then leads to more consumerism and then leads to more waste. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think one of the things that we, we've had is I'm old enough to remember when a lot of products we buy with a regular toolkit, you could take it apart. <coughs> excuse me you could take it apart you you could fix it you could do a little fix on it we now and i'm not this is not meant as a criticism it's an observation you then get something like the iphone where they make it almost impossible for non-iphone service personnel to get hold of of the tools that you need to take an iphone apart so people don't the other thing is that we find as well you buy Take a computer printer. You can buy a cheap computer printer for for what? What could you buy in in Canada? Twenty, thirty bucks, bottom of the range. Take yeah, a, probably you know fifty dollars or so, but it's yeah, bottom. So, so, bottom. Yeah, yeah. So fifty dollars. Something goes wrong with that. If you take that to a repair guy, how much is he going to charge you? More than yeah. the printer. It it it's so it's deemed a throwaway. It's deemed a yeah. throwaway. Yeah. And so we, we, we do need to re rethink those kind of things and think, yeah, how, how can it be used? And here's a simple thing, the current thing. I'm involved in a charity recycling project. And one of the ways that we increase the value of the material, we basically would look at metals, is that when somebody gives us something, 
we deconstruct it mm -hmm. so that it's deconstructed down to its component parts and guess what you can get higher value for the individual components if there's brass there's copper other things like that and this is a big part of the circular economy is it's going right back to the design how can you design it for the next part of its life and it, as you said Dave it's about a manufacturer taking life cycle responsibility for the product yes and then you know they were using example of where effectively we all buy cars currently in the future maybe we won't be buying cars maybe what we'll do is we'll just rent them out when we need them because we only at least in north america we use cars four percent of the time but we spend a bundle on a car four percent of time in a year like it yeah. makes sense to just lease it out when you need to lease it out i mean that's happening in lots of parts of of north america but i think it's going to be perhaps more and more prominent going forward and and when you yeah. won't own the car the manufacturer will own it or someone else will own it and, and recycle the whole thing the whole time you you've effectively got well you've got the zip car content which yeah. is that you've got other things i believe for example that rolls royce don't sell aircraft makers an engine they provide them with an engine which they then look after service monitor and everything else and take back at end of life and yes. i think there's going to be more and more products as a service as opposed to you own the product yeah i think that makes really good sense john like i was thinking of you know we bought a dishwasher recently the, the other dishwasher we had really wasn't that old now it wasn't top of the line and because of that it was challenging to fix and more expensive yeah. to fix than probably buying a new one so you know uh, this it comes back to your point sandra when things are really cheap or economical we tend to not really appreciate them and it's easier to throw them away versus trying to fix them so well, maybe that's going to change going forward yeah whilst we're on that i'll just throw another little example in and i don't know if it's a concept that you have in north america but we have environmental groups setting up what they call repair cafes and a repair cafe would be a group of volunteers who get together in a, a room a bit like a coffee shop something's there People come along and I, I mean they couldn't really take their dishwasher along but they could say I've got my hair dryer here or I've got my iron it's not working how can I fix it and these guys will then help people to fix those things wow yeah I, I don't are you aware of that Sandra I'm not aware of anything like that. oh for sure no if we had that I would line up with all 20 of my items that I have in a pile waiting to be fixed but this this is the kind of thing and this is the thing about i think getting back to our point it's an economy and an economy is a whole way of doing business it's not just one or two bits and pieces and at the moment the repair cafe works because you don't pay for it you might you pay for the materials if materials are needed you don't pay for somebody's labor and um, that's where the, the challenge if you like comes in a business model but it's interesting for sure. I know we touched on a few examples, but I'm not sure, John, if you have another example to give oh. of what a clear circular economy is. Yeah, I, I thought, yes, let's have a look at how yeah. some of the brands are attacking the circular economy. And what I like about this, and I'm being slightly sarcastic here, is the way that we get big brands. Oh, yes, we're doing it, but they're doing it 
just for one product or just for one area. So we've got, we've got, for example, Nike or Nike, they're doing some circular economy trainers or, or sneakers. The idea being that you don't own them, you have them, you use them, and they then take them back. We have Burger King looking at reusable packaging. I'm not really sure that's embracing the circular economy. IKEA or IKEA, the Swedish furniture outfit, now that's getting interesting. They're, they're bringing out a, a program to buy back furniture. So you buy a bookcase, Billy Bookcase, I think is the classic global bookcase from IKEA. You buy it, and after you've found a three year old who can read the instructions to help you to put it together, you put it together, and then at the end of life, the idea is, is that they would buy that back. Adidas is talking about a fully recyclable sneaker. Patagonia, that they, they are looking again at taking back clothes. And we here in the UK, we're seeing this coming in gradually. And it's a really interesting thing in fashion. And as we've got Lysandra on, she can take a view on the fashion thing. But Dave was saying about how you use your car so little of the time. Mm. Certain items of fashion you might own you don't use them very often. Oh, I can't wear that dress again because they saw me in that the last time we went out together. I'm being, I know I'm being wrong there. John, but... you sound like my group chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the yes, idea, yes. we have cheeky people here, and this is, this is non-circular economy. You know, we have Marks and Spencers is a, a sort of retailer here. And Marks and Spencers are very good. You can buy something online and you can send it back if it's not right. And apparently there's quite a cohort of people who buy something online, wear it once <laughs> and send it back. Now, I don't think that's quite what we were thinking of with the circular economy. And that's not ideal. So, you know, we've got things like that. So I think, and as a consumer, I'm guilty of this. There are a few brands that I shop at that now accept either your clothes or you can choose to use a recyclable box when they deliver your items, all of that sorts. But what I find as a consumer is they're not rewarding you for doing it. So for instance, you can drop off a garbage bag of clothes and it's not like you're getting a discount on your order. It's not like you're getting any sort of perk. And I understand that we're kind of at the, the beginning of this sort of circular economy idea. But let's say you've purchased, you know, a bunch of clothes and uh, they're still good in good shape. It's just not your style anymore. Why would you go back and give it to the store for nothing when either you know, people will hang on to it and hope that one day it's their style or size again, or maybe they can sell it here or sell it there. So I do think with circular economy, it's going to have to beat out, like brands are going to have to beat out other options because yes. as a consumer, I'm not going to give you a hundred dollar dress back for free. No, you're, you're right. I mean, we, we have, we have a couple of web platforms available in the UK where you can sell on fashion and other things like that. Or one of the things a lot of people here would do, rather than give it to back to the, the, the store, they would take it to a charity shop who will then sell it on and it makes money for, for, the, for the charity shop. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think as well, and I think there are 
patches of this in the marketplace. I mean, the coffee cup is a, is an example. I mean, coffee cup is one of the poster childs of the sort of environment in a way as a, as a problem. But there are a number of the coffee chains who, if you come in with a reusable mug, mm -hmm. you will get your coffee cheaper than if you have a cup there. And I think that's the kind of incentive that there needs to be because not everybody's going to do it. Oh, I want to feel good and I'll do that. and I feel good. That's not enough for, for everybody. Yeah. And I think like giving back to a brand and getting nothing versus giving to a charity and getting nothing is two different things. I'm always going Absolutely. to choose a charity. So I do think that I under, I see brands come out with it. I'll go in store and I'll see those recycling bins for clothing where you can drop off your items. It just doesn't have the incentive yet for me no. to choose that over other other ways. of. It's still circular economy, you know, when it's going to a charity shop and being purchased by someone else not yes. exactly but it's being recycled it's doing one of the pillars right so someone else is getting that item and using it Lysandra it's the important thing it's actually not changing its original use let's yes. say it was a jacket it's still a jacket somebody else is using it later on that jacket may be broken down into its fabric and then somebody makes another garment from that and then another garment for that and then maybe at the end it gets shredded or used in some other way and and and, and so on but but right. you are you are right that if you if you do it through the charity thing you get a feel good uh mm -hmm. whereas you're not going to go why should you know billion dollar company I, I feel so good giving it back you know yeah. why should gap get my clothes back if they're not giving me some some benefit for it Especially yeah. because they are benefiting from it too, right? I do want to come back because it goes even further, at least my understanding. Like you, in the manufacturer, they really have to think about the material input that they use oh, for the product. Besides, as you just said, reselling the way it's its current status, like a dress, keeping a dress for someone else. Well, then if someone else doesn't want it, where could that product be used? And then where could it be used after that? And that's really pretty forward thinking, which I suspect we don't have in our economies as yet. Most of us don't. And Dave, I think actually you're, I'm glad you brought us back to the manufacturing process because we're looking at afterwards. In the manufacturing process, I, I'm going to give a simple approach and it would be the ideal circular economy is one, your manufacturing is run on renewable energy and you are using no virgin material. Right. Now, if you've got that, then great. Or you're allowed virgin material, but if it's from a renewable source, you, you know, right. it's not mined, extracted or something else like that. Is cotton renewable? Hmm. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge. You grow cotton. Yeah, it's fine. It's a crop. But there's so much involved in the manufacture of cotton and everything else. Yeah. And you have to question the whole, whole life cycle. Right. What are the additives that they're putting into that uh, yeah. cotton material? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. So on that note, how does circular economy contribute to net zero emissions? Well, no. the argument being if if you're following the principles of it, hopefully you're using renewable energy. So that's net zero. But the other one is if you're no longer extracting materials or having to process from from raw material to, to product 
in the same way, there's less materials and then there's the emissions associated with that. I think net zero fits very well as a potential deliverable of a circular economy. And you know, in, in these talks, I've often said sustainability is the higher level of all what we're involved in. And perhaps circular economy is up there as a high level element as to where we go. Now, the problem is going to be, can you as an individual, and we're talking business way, can you as an individual business be circular and set yourself apart from the others and be more profitable? And that's that's where a, a challenge will come. But back to your point, it definitely will contribute to, to net zero because if you're going back to the design of your product and service and saying we're embracing the circular economy, you are by definition going to be removing carbon from it. All right. Well, thank you for another great episode. To end this off, what is your biggest takeaway? I'll, I'll jump at this. And I said it earlier. I think this has been done in the past when we weren't as materialistic or things were difficult to get access to. So we made do with what we did and when we recycled and reused and shared it with our neighbors or whatever. I think that's kind of a standard fare. I expect that type of thinking will start happening again because of the requirement of reducing carbon emissions. And so, but the challenge will be is to convey and as john said to understand the business model to come up with a business model that will actually make sense mm -hmm. because it's a whole different way of thinking from what we've done so that that requires educating the whole like the the, the whole distribution chain of what this is all it's so all it will take time but i i'm i'm predicting this will become kind of a standard way of thinking i don't know 20 years 30 years the standard it will be up to your generation to to make it happen. That would be my opinion. Thanks, Dave. John, what's your biggest takeaway? I think that the circular economy is yet another way and a productive way of looking at how you do business. That's the first thing. And I think if you're in business today and somebody says, what about the circular economy? And you go, what about the circular economy? You need to wise up. I think you need to learn something more about it because I think it is certainly the future. I think listening to this episode about circular economy, it comes back to, you know, how John, you always say the greenest kilowatt hour is the one we don't use. I kind of just think this just reminds us, ultimately, we just need to use less, cut back, reduce. And the more you do that, the less you almost have to worry about circular economy, right? Like if we start from the most efficient baseline, yeah. then we are circular economying the least amount of things and that's what i got from this episode well i'm gonna i'm gonna throw one at you because you've said that i think you're right and i think the challenge for business is going to be many businesses see the future of business is increasing market share in some way so how does that fit with consumers mm -hmm. consuming less the model changes completely john they, they're not there they won't be it's a completely different model that is actually the biggest takeaway. The circular economy is a different model of an economy. It is. It is. The consumerism will change dramatically. It will be leasing and renting and not owning. Yeah. All right. Well, Until thank you both time. for a great episode. See you next week. Already. Looking forward Enjoyed to it. it.
Bye. Thank you. That's all for today's episode of the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on our website at 360energy.net and follow us on LinkedIn at 360 Energy Inc. Tune in to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, or other listening platforms by searching the 360 on Energy and Carbon. You can watch the video recording and subscribe on YouTube at 360 Energy Inc. Email us your feedback at podcast at 360energy.net or comment on our LinkedIn posts. See you next week.